everybody, and welcome to another very special episode of Ignite Radio Live with Greg and Stephanie Schleter over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. Very excited to be with you guys. In spite of what you're reading in the newspapers, in spite of the struggles and the challenges, the political scenarios playing out, the, the things that merit certainly our prayers that merit some anguish, that merit a a union in the heart of God, because you must feel a lot of that for what's going on down here. We unite tonight to proclaim him as Lord. Woo! That means he's over all. That means he has dominion. And he invites us to avail our hearts and our minds to him, because the greatest thing we can do for the world around us is to receive his grace alive within us. And we gather tonight, not just for a moment on Tuesdays at 8 p.m., we gather as part of a movement, a movement of God's people, to surrender our lives all the more and receive them. And in a special way tonight, we're so glad you're with us, because it truly is a special episode. Um, We've got some young people in the studio with us tonight. Yes, we do. Let's hear from the young church. And I want you to think about some things, folks, because typically teenagers have gotten a bad rap. And we're not talking the good rap, rap. Christian rap. Do it, John Paul. John Paul. John Paul. They often get a bad rap. Let's face it. If I were to ask you to write down adjectives with teenager, they they wouldn't necessarily be positive adjectives. But uh, we're invited to think about this tonight. Whom did God choose to make Himself present to this world? His blessed mother, our blessed mother, who went to the cross with him when all the other people abandoned him. Of the twelve, who went to the cross with him? It was a teenager. Who has he spoken throughout the ages powerfully, accomplishing many things? It was teenagers, and um, we're experiencing that today. There are qualities of teenagers that I think, quite frankly, correspond to Jesus' words, that we have to have a heart like a child. Now, we may even think the younger children, right? But I think teenagers have a spirit of adventurousness and authenticity. And uh, and they're ready to respond. They have ready hearts to respond to God. So, with no further ado, let's, let's introduce some of our folks who are with us tonight. Steph? I think they should introduce themselves, actually. Okay, okay let's go because around. Because they are so awesome, there's no way that I could introduce them. Okay, folks, to your Quite left, well. and before, who are you and your favorite movie, just for the fun of it? Who are you, what school do you go to, and your Parish. favorite movie, a favorite movie? Uh, I'm Robert Kelly. I go to St. Joseph Sylvania's Parish. I'm going to be a junior at St. John's Jesuit next year, and my favorite movie is Sandlot. Fun. My name is John Paul. I am the son of these two beautiful people here. Um, I'll feed you tonight. (laughs) Thank you. Joseph's head makes up for what is lacking on the head of John Paul. Anyway, um, <laughs> you got to clarify that. I am that. a sophomore at the School of Home. I Woo. go to Schleter St. Joan of Arc. And my favorite movie is Finding Nemo. Awesome. <laughs> Sarah just reacted. Hi, I'm Sarah, and I go to Little Flower, and I will be a freshman at the University of Toledo, and my favorite movie is also Finding Nemo, but a second yeah. favorite is Up. Ooh. Coolness. Hey guys, I'm Mike, and uh, I'm a sophomore at Northview High School, and my favorite movie is Forrest Gump. Yeah, run, Forrest, and you're from Holy Trinity. Yes. And who's running the board back there? Hi, I am Joseph. I am these two beautiful people's favorite child. And, <laughs> oh, um, that and was funny. I am funny. He made a joke. <laughs> um, 
Oh, we all know I, it's Robert. I can't focus. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Robert's the favorite. Um, my, I am homeschooled as well. I'm going to be a junior. And my favorite movie. I'm going to cheat on this one. Okay. Um, the Lame Is Concert 25th Anniversary Edition. Because it's not technically a movie. It's really not. That was so... It is. No, no that's good. We'll have let it you ride. It's a DVD. Very good movie. So, totally so if it's on a DVD, it's Very considered a movie. I am cheating. That's, that's so homeschooled. And before <laughs> it we, is. Absolutely. And before we introduce our special guest, there's something that bonds all of those here tonight with us. They have been part of a gathering, Lit Group as we call it. Lit is short for Live It. Image Trinity is our nonprofit organization, Live It. And they've been gathering for over nine months, almost on it's a weekly on, basis. I think this will mark 11 months. Wow. i got to change my months. months. Absolutely. Actually. So they've been gathering, and we're going to hear from them more how awesome that is. But there's another thing that unites this group of young people. Tell us. Is, drum roll, please. I need more sound. Thank you. All right. Whoa. We all live in Toledo. So, yeah, <laughs> truly. They all participated in an awesome dynamic, on-fire, discipleship-building, earth-planet-changing, earth-and-planet-changing uh, <laughs> experience called Catholic Youth Summer Camp. And we have with us on the yeah. phone right now a superstar. Gina, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing wonderful things. How are you? Awesome. So, Gina, you're not going to escape. Tell us your favorite movie, but first, your parish and that sort of thing. Okay, so my name is Gina Sakuti. Um, I am 23 years old. I'm somewhere in between like a sophomore, probably a freshman in the sophomore in college um, at Columbus State in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and my favorite movie would have to be either The Breakfast Club or A Little Princess. Oh. Awesomeness. So, Gina, we are on week eight. Come on. I mean, it's the eighth week. You've been eighth and final seven week days a week CYSC. practically. You get a little bit of a breath on, you know, Friday through Saturday, and you're back in the saddle on Sunday re- receiving a brand new group down at the Catholic Youth Summer Camp. The very first uh, time that you have a home base there, we've been blessed to air this wonderful journey with Dan and Christy and uh, the wonderful folks down there, a discipleship-making community that's uh, really uh, going to change, certainly, this state and maybe the world because these kids are so dynamic. But Not maybe. For sure, Will. How are you doing, Gina? How do you feel week eight? Are you tired? Are you ready for that long winter's rest in the middle of summer? No, I'm not ready for it. <laughs> um, it's actually... It's actually beautiful because even though, like, our bodies get a little tired, our spirits are, like, so energized that we could probably go for another eight weeks. So wow. We're, we're really lucky. <laughs> so, Gina, I want to ask you a question first. A lot of your peers right now, age 23, into all kinds of other stuff at this moment right now in time. You're a beautiful young woman. You could do, you know, as far as job or just the social world, you could be in the midst of it, right? And uh, a lot of your peers right now are, why aren't you? What, what, what happened to you? What's wrong with you? Or what's right with you, I should say. <laughs> Give us a little uh, 411 on your journey that brought you this love with Jesus, this love relationship. Tell us about it. Um, so for me, I think growing up, I just was in a community where, um, like, materialism and success, we're very much like the god of like the lifestyle there um and i always knew that like i saw it and it felt empty but i wanted to be accepted so i tried to like follow suit um and i came to catholic youth summer camp for the first time in sixth grade um and cute little gina 
an authentic love um, and an authentic joy that I had like never experienced before in my life. Mm. I just didn't know at the time that I had a name and that was Jesus. <laughs> um, and so I remember just being like, okay, like that doesn't happen everywhere, what mm-hmm. they all have. And I want that. Um, and so I, the seeds were definitely planted, but I went back to a community and kind of a family that didn't really practice their faith and didn't really, I didn't receive any catechesis. I didn't even know how to pray the rosary. Um, and so every summer I would like go back to camp and the Lord would plant little seeds. Like this is what it means to go to mass every week. And this is what it means to experience the sacrament of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And this is what it means um, to pray a rosary. And this is um, the fruit that comes from praying every day. And so as I entered into, like, middle school and high school, um, I struggled a lot with, like, things that kids struggle with, like, self-image mm. and just trying to find my place in all of it. I was a very anxious kid, and so I teetered back and forth between, like, do I give my all to God or do I give my all to the world because the world's telling me this, but um, I'm receiving this from other places. And basically it came down to um, I got tired of like searching after things that weren't satisfying me. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I know that I'm happier. Not necessarily happier. I know that I am more joy filled when I make the choice to live for Jesus. Mm. So I'm going to go all in. And if it, if it isn't all that everyone says it is and that I've glimpsed, I can always turn back. Um, and it was, it exceeded, he exceeded my expectations. Um, and so I will never go back to the emptiness that the world has to offer me. And that is why I am a 23 year old on mission for eight weeks um, at a summer camp and also just embracing mission in general in my life to spread Jesus wherever I go. Awesome. Beautiful, Gina. So I think you fibbed a little bit. You said you've been on mission for eight weeks, and I know what you mean with that, of course. But um, you're on mission for life, and and we know that you're in it. We know that you're uh, you're making a difference um, beyond that. And to me, I just want to ask you a question here and preface it by saying, when I interviewed some people down there, uh, and we aired some of this, my daughter, in fact, Anne-Marie, she said, uh, Dad, Greg, she said, Dad, you know, um, kids, you know, it's not the ropes courses they're afraid of or certainly jet skiing or some of these high adventure things that are a lot of fun down there at Catholic Youth Summer Camp. Those aren't the things that, you know, even middle school kids are most afraid of. So she said, you know what they're most afraid of? They're afraid of having experienced this vitality, this relationship, this authenticity, love with Christ. They're afraid of going back home, even in families that pray and go to Mass, they're afraid of not having a culture where they can continue to live it out. And you're giving us testimony, Gina, that uh, that you've been captured by Christ. And I have to point out for our listeners that what's awesome for the participants who go is the experience that, in, indeed, this is something that can be lived, that as Catholics is meant to be lived in a vital way. And um, I want to ask you a question, because actually a mom sent, sent me this question. I'll just quote right from her. As a few days ago, she sent this. She said, I have a few teens that I can't quite seem to get fired up for Jesus. They go through the motions. And there's just dot, dot, dot. How would you respond to that, Lisa? And feel free to kick in uh, peanut gallery. Um, I would respond, first of all, um, I mean, clearly praying for her kids, which I'm sure she does, but like intercession has been a very powerful part of our mission here mm-hmm. um, because there are definitely moments where like they're so excited about the ropes course and they're so excited about the blob 
Um, even when they're scared, they're so excited. <laughs> but when it comes to, like, the feed component, it takes a couple of days for them to, like, warm up. And so mm-hmm. interceding for them. I think also just living it authentically, like, ourselves. Um, so, like, being transparent, like, yeah, it's not always easy. But um, when we when we give our lives to the Lord, it's, it's so much better than we could have, like, hoped for or planned for. I think also um, just being, like, invested so meeting, like, meeting the kids where they're at. It's like, yes, you may not understand, like, the fullness yet, and I'm not going to, like, push you to take it, but instead I'm going to challenge you to ask questions, and I'm going to challenge you to open your heart to a little bit more every moment, um, and then I'm just going to pray that God does the rest of the work. Awesome. So I'm hearing intercession, um, not not only perhaps to God in the silence of our rooms, but maybe even when we pray aloud, Lord, I pray we all more fully fall in love with you and know you reveal yourself to us. I heard just say authenticity of our own life that we give witness yes. ourselves. Do they, do they, you know, connect with the fact that we're not just doing the memorized prayers of our church, but that we're praying from the heart, that we're talking to Jesus, that we're invoking him throughout the day. And, um, you know, those are some awesome things. Young people here, um, how would you answer that? What went through your guys' heads? You're in that generation. You are teenagers. Speak to the parents out there who take their kids to Mass or want them to go to Mass, but they're frustrated because their kids aren't quite fired up for Jesus. What advice do you have? I, I got this. Um, <laughs> I'll start, and then I'll let you peeps follow. Um, I think it takes leadership. It definitely takes leadership. It takes... Why is my mom laughing I'm at me? just proud of you. Go ahead. <laughs> um, it takes strong leadership for both parents uh, to step in there and really be firm in it and make it not just... Uh, by the parents living it out, it needs to be something that they're excited about, not something they feel obligated to do. It needs to be something that they're excited. And also, um, just to have... Uh, good witnesses, good role models. I know part of the huge um, impact that CYC had on me was seeing people living it out, seeing uh, people close to my age just fired up about their faith and are really striving to live it out in every way possible. And I think that's a huge aspect of it, just um, placing youth around those who are going to inspire them, those who are going to lift them up to a higher calling instead of uh, leaving them in a place where they're uh, free to kind of do wherever they want. Anything to add, lady or gentleman? Sarah's ready. Go, Sarah. Um, talking about parents, um, I think one thing that helped me get fired up after I accepted Christ um, was my dad just was so open to talking with me about things I had questions about. So just continual openness to your children is something that will open them up a lot because we have so many questions because we don't know everything. Right. And we know you guys don't know everything, but you know, you've been here longer. You know a little bit more. So yeah, just um, shout out to my dad. God bless his soul. Woohoo. Go Bill. Yeah. So yeah, just continual openness. So, Gina, I know you're cutting away here for a short period of time uh, in the midst of wonderful activities going on at the Catholic Youth Summer Camp down in Damascus. They have a vision of transformation. And we're blessed, just a little commercial here, uh, Mass Impact, to be partnering with them um, so that it isn't simply a week, but that it invites families to talk and pray. The answer to the question, then what? After the great week, the then day. And that answer is to get families to put that flag in the sand and to talk and pray. And so my challenge to parents out there is when's the last time you set aside just 30 minutes 
to talk and pray with your family. Yeah. And uh, go to MassImpact.us. Download that Live It Gathering Guide. It's free. And I also want to invite you all because the CYSC gang, Dan and Brendan, the worship leader, and Amber, and maybe a bunch of you guys are probably joining us for our Ignite Catholic Family Festival, August 13th. Now is the time. This week is the last week of full week of registration. You need to go to Ignite Family. Dot eventbrite.com. Whether you're single, whether you, we're going to have a grandparents track, uh, married families, a whole deal. It's going to be an awesome day at Holy Trinity, August 13th on a Saturday. And again, ignitefamily.eventbrite.com and a special uh, discount code is Thy Kingdom Come. Gina, before you cut out, give us um, I know there are many because our God is so good and so gracious and so faithful, but give us one uh, memorable moment of transformation of a camper that you've experienced this summer? Um, I think it was, I don't know if it was week two or three. Um, It was a high school week, and it was a girl who became, like, very dear to my heart just because she had a very creative spirit, was very, like, energetic, asked a lot of questions, um, and but she had, like, a lot of walls up and was very... um, just like closed off when it came to the spiritual part of camp and so we had adoration on the beach one night which i actually think um on one of the schleter facebooks there's a video a beautiful video of that if you want to check that out um but we were having adoration on the beach and we asked if we could pray with her so we prayed with her and encouraged her to venerate the monstrance and then you know nothing really came of it in a sense of we had like this deep conversation but i know she definitely encountered the lord and then fast forward two days um campers give their testimony at the end of the week of their encounter with the lord Mm. and she shared that um she had come into the week an atheist and not believing in god that there was a god and very much questioning like her worth and purpose in life and she was leaving um an on-fire catholic Mm. and it was just such a beautiful moment um because it showed like the power of the lord and even hearts that seemed quite hardened and um I have full faith that she's going to go and she's going to speak a new truth into her friends and into her family and into those around her who knew her before and now will see the new thing that Christ is doing in her life. That is really, really awesome. So, Gina, I'm going to just one final minute. I want to cue it up this way. If parents and grandparents were listening right now and they knew that you, Gina, who at the age of 23, beautiful young woman, a lot of opportunities, fell in love with Jesus, and uh, and they knew that you were going to speak to them and in one minute convey to them uh, maybe why they should open a door and consider Christ. And uh, you had one minute to speak to them. What would you say? And this minute is now the Gina minute. Um, because we all spend our lives searching for something, and we all desire to feel loved to be seen and to be heard um, and all of those things can be fulfilled in one moment when you say yes to Jesus Christ who died on a cross with you in mind Um, and just one last thing I think his intense love for us demands a response from us Mm -hmm. and so why not would be my question back why not wow Gina, we love you. We're blessed by you all. Pass along our blessings to every single person in the camp. We've been praying for you through these weeks. And uh, by the way, are you going to be able to join us on August 13th? <laughs> Excuse me, the cough. For the Ignite? The Ignite Catholic Family Festival, yes. 
I should be there. Peer pressure. It is on my calendar. <laughs> yeah. awesome. We're all listening. We, no, Gina, so blessed by you, so blessed by CYSC. Um, their website is cysc.com, right? Is that correct? I don't want to give yes. the wrong dot. And when does registration start for next year, Gina? Our registration dates for Catholic Youth Summer Camp 2017. It opens on October 1st. Awesome. Be sure to check us out. Awesome, awesome. And check out, just go to that website, folks, and just see what is going on down there because it's not that Damascus campus is not just for the young people, but there are going to be lots of other opportunities for all of us to grow in relationship with Christ on such a beautiful gift um, of that campus. So again, Gina, we love you. We thank you. Be assured of our prayers um, for you and for all of those down there. And thank you for your yes. Absolutely. God bless you, Gina. Take care. God bless you guys. I'll be praying for you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So you young people here, um, we got you here uh, on the radio to share with a lot of parents and grandparents. Um, Maybe many of of them are lamenting that their young people aren't entirely turned into Christ. That, um, and obviously, let's face it, we're all on a journey. We're not we're not hardly near canonization. We'd love to be right. We're on that journey, and uh, we fall. And let's just keep it really real with our audience. Uh, blessed to know, of course, my kids and you guys, and uh, we're blessed to have you in our home once Glad a week. You know your kids, <laughs> somewhat, somewhat. But um, share with me what difference for you guys has has been being part of a group like the Lit Group made after CYSC. So even if you want to start with your CYSC experience a moment, you know, Sarah, you were there in a different capacity, so if you want to speak to that, um, whoever would like to start, the mics are hot. Um, So obviously CYSC was a great experience for me, and I'm not really going to go into that right now, but after it, still having a group where like I could be supported in my journey towards Christ was just huge because I know how easy it is to fall off like a retreat high or like a spiritual high from one of those types of weeks or retreats or camps or whatever it is but like when you have people supporting you and backing you week after week it's much easier to stay on fire for Christ and much easier to truly live out the mission that you were told to live out at CYSE. Awesome. Uh, yeah, going off what Robert said. It's Mike um, on the mic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, CYSE is amazing, and it's always, like, great going to, you know, Catholic Christian camps because it gets you fired up for Christ. But it's so easy when you leave camp just to fall back into your, you know, your, like, daily sinful, you know, routines and, uh, you know, fall back into the world and start, you know, relying on material things, illegitimate desires, and just stuff like that. So it's really great to have a group like Lit because it keeps the fire in you. And it's such an inspiration to see other teens on fire for Christ. And I think that's what, you know, really brings people towards Christ is seeing other people their age that are on fire for Him. And that's why just Lit is so amazing. All right, so... I was at CYC for week D to be a camp counselor, and um, I led a small group of 10 girls throughout the week, and it was an incredible experience. Um, 
just being able to be used as a vessel for God um, just to plant seeds of faith in these kids was amazing and to watch their spiritual journeys and um, I think coming out of CYSC I definitely had a newfound confidence in myself mm-hmm. and um, in my ability to fearlessly proclaim his word and coming to lit afterwards um, I think I started to look at my peers in the group differently. Mm -hmm. I started to see them like how I was seeing my campers, like truly investing myself in them and um, just like pouring the Lord into them and pouring my love into them. So, yeah, I think CYC um, just gave me a new appreciation for the group and just the Lord's telling me to love them. Love them all. Awesome. By the way, uh, those listening right now, I encourage you, if you get a question, if you get a challenge, I mean, here's your opportunity with some on-fire saints in the making, uh, seeking Christ. And these are some really good kids. They're good athletes. They're good musicians. They're not nerdy. We all have a little uh, bit of nerd. Uh, in the, okay, well, all right, Joseph, <laughs> other than Joseph. No, they pointed to John Paul, so, actually. Uh, no, I mean, they're, they're well-rounded kids who, who are um, blessed and living their gifts as a way of worship. And maybe you got a question for them tonight, 877 098. By the way, they are not all Catholic school kids, as you heard. Public school kid. We got some homeschool kids, etc. And uh, you know, uh, <laughs> that's okay. The studio is Mike's going to come running in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, a question I have for you guys: Why? Wait, pause. Okay. I'm pausing you. Have mm-hmm. I ever paused you on, on the radio program? I don't know Probably. If I have. People are applauding right now. Ooh. Go. <laughs> okay. So, two questions. One, John Paul, I think, still wanted to say something. And then I have a question for Mike, real quick, after John Paul. All right. Speaks um, his what mind and lit, heart and soul. I mean, Am I interrupting you? Go ahead. You are. No, really. Go ahead. It's the mother's um, job. So and the brothers. You can stop. Go ahead. <laughs> um, what Lit has really done um, for me since CYC, or how the Lord has used Lit, um, is really, of course, the people in it, the community, but especially having uh, brothers, a spiritual brotherhood, um, especially with Robert and my boy Michael over there, um, just to really challenge each other and hold each other accountable. Um, and we're all fighting the same fight, and that fight is for heaven and against. Um, all of the uh, demons that the devil likes to throw at us um, and just really fighting this together and um, I think it's in Ephesians, I don't know Um, but when uh, St. Paul is going through all of like the armor uh, to put on for Christ, the one thing that he doesn't mention um, the one army that he doesn't mention is like for the back and that's because Mm -hmm. Romans fought back to back and um, as brothers that's what we're called to do we're called to fight back to back and uh, through lit um, and through the spiritual brotherhood that was really forced at CYSC um, I can now start winning battles uh, for Christ that's awesome 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 so Michael yeah um, I know you were very blessed with a number of experiences, yes. uh, faith up building things through the summer. What stood out for CYSC? And I was saying one is better than the other. How did the Lord use CYSC in a different way? Yeah. Definitely one climactic moment would be um, adoration indoor. And, um, you know, before CYSC, um, just all of my friends you know, we're so connected to the world. So it was leading me to be, you know, connected to the world. And I was just connected to all these materialistic things. And um, 
all that was in me were just like sinful desires and I just wanted materials I didn't really want God mm-hmm. but when I went to CYSC just seeing everybody on fire for God and seeing all the leaders there just you know praising God and just being so ref- like respectful to people ever since the beginning it really just inspired me just to see other people my age just love God mm-hmm. so much and uh, during adoration uh, I went to kneel down in front of the altar and um at this point you know I had a tons of walls between me and Christ and I was sitting there in front of God and uh, um, Satan was telling me this lie he said um, you can't love God like it's too hard to love God Mm -hmm. and right then and there somebody took their hand and they put it on my shoulder and I could just feel feel the Holy Spirit come into me from that person's hand and it's crazy just how you can bring the Holy Spirit into other people just by like touching them Mm. and putting a hand on them so they really broke me with the Holy Spirit and just then and there I just wanted to give myself to God and um, it was really touching moment and it was really inspiring thank you for sharing that very moving Um, so I want to ask you guys uh, maybe a hard question we know that the heart of love John Paul II uh, is empathy uh, at least a building block of it uh, is to have the get outside of ourselves and open our hearts and be attuned to the heart of others and you guys you were there you know you were perhaps in your lives and we still are right at places where we're resistant you just talk about this, Michael, resistant to God's grace, resistant to getting together with people and what you're talking and praying. Like, don't you guys have a life? Play video games. You know, I mean, that's the way a lot of people, right, would take what we're talking about. So I want to ask you the question, what stands in the way? Uh, what stands in the way of people your age from praying and from wanting to spend time about uh, talking and praying? How do they think about those things? Speak to that. I think... Am I allowed to go? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, sorry. Um, No, I think first is just the misconception about it all. People don't view it as something um, needed. They, just because of the way our culture has twisted it so much, twisted the idea of prayer, the idea of a relationship with God, uh, God is either viewed as non-existent or a terrible person. And so they don't want to... um, have any sort of relationship with him. They don't think it's worth anything. Um, A lot of them are frustrated with God for different events. They blame him for things that have happened in their lives, so they don't want to connect with him on that way. Um, Also, I think just the fear of... um, if God is real and if they have a relationship with him, it means they have to change. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to change. A lot of times we, it means changing relationships. It means changing the things we do, the things we say, the way we act, the way we live entirely. And people don't want that. People don't want that change because it's hard and it takes commitment. And again, we're a culture that's afraid of commitment and afraid of that change. Anything to add, you guys? Uh, great, Joseph. Honestly, for me, what stands most in the way of... My personal prayer is just like convenience. I just like, I always can come up with a different excuse why not to just sit myself down for 30 minutes or whatever a day and just like give that time to the Lord. And I find it, I find it much easier to pray in a group and that's obviously there's a reason like there's power in a group of people that are praying to the Lord and I just find it easier to pray in a group, which is why Lit has been so helpful. But like that's not enough. I also need to seek him on my own. So convenience has been standing in the way of that, and I just yeah. 
so there there is a sense that you're speaking of of discipline um, that, that there is certainly the emotive thing right you're at a retreat you're at an event you're you know the whole group goes into adoration the music is playing um, you can set aside the rest of the world it's if you will you don't have a choice you do but you don't right you're there with them and uh, our hearts are captured in those moments and you're speaking Robert to the fact that well when you get home and you're by yourself well you've got a range of things that you can do that are very attractive very compelling and uh, and and I also suspect in your comments that by now you can measure the joy or the fulfillment or the relative satisfaction that you get from taking that time to pray or join go, come to a living group versus other things that you would do is that true yes that's very true and i i just laugh at myself because i know how much better every single aspect of my life will be with more prayer and i know that there's like literally no harm it could do it could only do good and then yet still i find ways to not pray and that's a lifelong struggle i mean you'll have adults all of us at different times but the whole from young to old where that's a struggle. Well, let's, let's, very let's, real. let's deal with that a second because um, in our Mass Impact, we speak of personal, family, and parish discipleship. And those aren't just three words in any order. They're in the order. First of all, personally, we have to cultivate that relationship with Christ so that it can overflow into our marriages and families. So it can overflow into our parishes and then into the world. And, um, you know, so let's talk about prayer for a second. When you say prayer, what, what, tell our listeners or young people, what does that entail? What does it mean? How do you do it? Step one. Mm. That's tough. Uh, (laughs) Step one, sign of the cross. And even just a thought I have to throw in there is environment is huge, isn't it? Like you're not going to pray well if you've got your tunes blasting and if you've got a TV on. It's Gregorian chant. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. (laughs) Well, I mean, you you got to have that determination that there's going to be competing things. Lord of the Flies, the the book, but Beelzebub, another word for Satan, like a pesky fly. Almost like we've got to set aside the distractions, turn off the phone, whatever the case may be, and just start there and carve out that space or that time you know how often is it also that we you know maybe it's throwing things at god i want to do this i want to do that i need that um which is certainly a natural petition is certainly one of the great forms of prayer but you know i want to ask the question how difficult is it that psalm 46 10 to be still and know that he is god how difficult is it for you guys and if you've ever experienced it what difference has it made and and you know maybe are you trying are you cultivating it how successful are you how's it going for you um, I think in prayer a lot for me, I've noticed Mr. mentioned this quickly, um, it's hard to be still because we go a lot of time, especially as young people, and I assume adults too, go into prayer thinking me, 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 like all my struggles, all what I'm going through, and we don't take the time to listen to the Lord and what he's speaking into us. And we're so consumed in what's going on around us and just like just like earthly desires and all this stuff, and we're like telling God about that, which is so great, but we need to really take the time to just like be still and just like fully take in what he's telling us. And I think it's very hard. Um, I struggle with it all the time. Like I'll be sitting in my bed, and I'll be like, okay, like I'm going to have a quiet time right now. I'm going to spend some time with Jesus. And then I like look at my phone, and like someone sent me a Snapchat, and I'm just like, oh, hey, like what's up? <laughs> or like Millie Michael, will, my roommate Millie will come home, and we'll start talking. But I'm like, okay, like I really need to start doing my quiet time now. But and yeah, just 
really small distractions are what really get me. I don't know if anyone has seen the movie War Room, but the woman who commits to praying after being challenged to do it, she starts out in a prayer space, which she was told to find, but there's so many things all around her, you know, and then she would bring things into that space, even a bag of potato chips, (laughs) you know, or whatever. And as she gets more committed and really serious about it, you see everything stripped away, which is symbolic, too, of her own being, I think her soul just coming before the Lord in that way. But what a lesson for all of us, you know, mm-hmm. do we, can we find a space? And for some homes, it's more difficult than others, depending upon what's going on and whatnot. But just, you know, put stuff in it's far away from you. And, you mm-hmm. know, she starts just writing petitions or um, prayers of thanksgiving or desires for her own spiritual growth, you know, and starts posting them. But that, that spoke to me, too, into what you're saying. And it also reminded me of a story of our beautiful Mother Teresa, whose sisters, um, novices, came to her and they asked her, just like the apostles asked the Lord, you know, teach us how to pray. Like, what do we do when we go in? Like, what do you do, Mother? You know, because you're obviously this very holy woman. And expecting like a certain set prayer or a litany of prayers or whatever the case may be, what was going through their minds, she simply responded to just go before the Lord in the Eucharist and allow him to love you. Mm-hmm. And that's just powerful. And like what you're just to be in his presence, just to allow him to speak to you. But more than anything, he desires for us to know our value in him and how much we are loved by the Heavenly Father, by our Savior, by the Holy Spirit, and just to bask in that, you know, and that can be very powerful. Um, can I jump in a second? Jump. My love. You're right, in. Without pausing you. I just, I want to comment on and then get any other feedback from you guys, um, both today and other conversations that we've had about the weeks at CYSC or other prayer events. It stands out to me over and over again, something that has been so significant for many people, especially young people, but I think all of us could fall into the category, the power of praying with somebody or being prayed over or, um, and I think as Catholics, one, that idea is so foreign or we're so uncomfortable because we're not used to it. And over and over and over again, those have been the moments that people give witness to of how powerful it was for someone to lay a hand on them. We are blessed as Catholics with the sacraments. And think about the sacraments. There's the outward sign in some fashion. In almost all the sacraments, there's some form of touch, right? You know, the anointings, the, you know, you know even during confession, the laying on the hand, you know, just kind of that whole thing and how powerful the spirit works through that touch. So I don't know if anyone wants to speak to any of that. If you have, you know, a story or a comment, but we need to reclaim that, like that power, how the consolation it brings, how the Lord uses it. The I think for young people in particular, they feel valued and and that they matter if someone is willing to sit there with them and pray with them like that. Not just oh, I'm going to say a prayer for you and your struggles, but like in that moment mm-hmm. to be prayed with. Um, well. Uh, coming from a counselor's perspective, um, there was a night, one of the last nights, where we did prayer ministry. And us as counselors, uh, we got to pray over each of our campers individually mm-hmm. and just be able to speak truths into their lives and just speaking the love of Jesus into them, like the way that we're called to love. And um, 
I just had so many, we had a small group afterwards, and just, like, so many my campers, like, I don't even know what I was saying, because it was totally the Holy Spirit just moving me and speaking through me, but they were just like, Sarah, like, what you were saying, like, they were like, I don't even know how you knew that, but mm-hmm. you just knew something about me that I've never told anybody, and you've known something that, I don't know, right. that you spoke something so true to me that I've never heard before, and, like, it's amazing how the Spirit works through that, and you can touch other people, and actually, my campers, um, we ran out of time during prayer, and they wanted a chance to pray over me so they found one of the staff members and like we're oh, like can we organize beautiful. something where we can pray over Sarah so just being like one of the people that was be um, able to be prayed over um, it was an amazing experience just because um, like throughout the week like we're doing so much stuff with our campers and continually pouring ourselves into them which is so amazing but it is exhausting at times sure. and um, the devil t- like whispers in our ear constantly or at least me personally just doubt and all this stuff and um, them speaking truth into me was so powerful and energized me so much and like, put me on so much more fire. That, that power of the word, yeah. right? The power of the word spoken. So two by two, key point, Jesus sent them out two by two, and we ought to have an accountability or encouragement partner, somebody who's going to pray with us. So we can pick up the phone at any time and say, I'm struggling with this. Can you pray for me? You know, right now, if I asked you, do you have that person in your life? Uh, I suspect even for married folks, it might not be your spouse, but it should be. Um, And I realize circumstances for some of you that for whatever reason, it's not. But number one is right now, what if this is maybe the spirit moving you to think about, hmm, who is that one person that you might connect and say, you know, will you be my prayer partner? Will you be somebody who will pray with me in times of need? And even right now, or ask me once a week how I'm doing in my journey. But your point, Stephanie, also in prayer about the word of God, uh, the church gives us this great gift, certainly the mass, the source and the summit of all grace, but the divine office throughout the world. um, Religious and priests are vowed to pray the divine office. And essentially it's the Psalms. You know, the Psalms are an encounter. Jesus memorized the Psalms. His generation memorized the Psalms. And so, um, you know, as they're being emptied of the junk, if you will, it was to focus on the Psalms. They're filled with the word of God all the time. So think about it. If even religious and priests are supposed to be praying this a few times a day, and it begins with, oh, God, come to my assistance. Be encouraged. Ordinary folks like us, if we're struggling, God gets that. He wants us to come before him, and he wants us to say, God, come to my assistance. I need your help. And even just Psalm 1, just to whet your appetite tonight, brothers and sisters, that maybe tonight you might even just start with 10 minutes. As Father Larry says, no Bible, no breakfast, no Bible, no bed. Just begin with the Psalms, and I just want to read for you, proclaim the first Psalm. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, prospers. That's just three verses. Even if you just took those three verses and realize this is God's love message to us. This is the wiring he wants our hearts and our minds to have. Maybe I'm going a little bit too deep. I want to come back a little more practical. So um, you guys painted a picture for those who are asking the question, you know, why would I pray? Why would I do a live it group? You know, it's boring. It's nerdy. I don't know what they'd think. It's certainly not as exciting as a cell phone and whatever it is people are doing. What do you guys do? Mm-hmm. And I know you do, and I'm going to ask the question right now. What do you guys do at a lit group, this lit group thing? Just practically, what's the structure of it? Anybody? Anybody? 
<laughs> Everyone's pointing to me. <laughs> you know um, the best. Okay, uh, so what we do, I mean, and there's so many different ways you can do it. Ours, how we just started out with it is um, we just went to the Live It Gathering Guide, which is on MassImpact.us. You can just find it there. And you, there, there's four questions that you do. There's a victory, a challenge, an affirmation, and something new or meaningful. Um, so you just go around and answer those. It's a way to get to know each other, to get to know what's going on in each other's lives. It's amazing how often best friends don't even know about what's going on in each other's mm. lives. Like Things that really matter because we're such a superficial world that um, we have all these masks and images that we give out to the world that we don't even really know what's going on. So even just these questions, and it doesn't take a lot. It's just questions, people going around and answering them it's a simple thing to do um, but it, it bears a lot of fruit in growing closer you you're a lot of times you're closer to someone at the end of just these questions than you have for someone you've known your whole life um, so just going through these questions and then there's uh, reading based on the upcoming uh, Sunday readings. Um, so usually it's, you have their first reading, second reading or the gospel we usually use the gospel and it's really simple it's all there you read the reading. Um, and you talk about it. There's questions for discussion to make it real easy. Um, so that's kind of the general format that's on there. We've expanded it a little bit as the group has expanded. Um, so we have some, um, we have uh, included a meal in it, and I think that's an awesome part because meal, meals, as shown in the Bible, bring people together. It's a great source of just bring, coming together and um, ease of just growing closer. Um, so there's that. Also, um, we have praise and worship. We do prayer. Um, we have a fun gamer activity in the beginning just to kind of get people, um, you know, break the ice because for newcomers it's kind of awkward and they don't know what to expect with this new faith kind of Catholic thing. Um, so yeah, we have a game. We do praise and worship. We have just uh, fun questions. We break into like little small groups and just do these fun questions. Robert Kelly is phenomenal at coming up yes. with just random off the wall questions that get people the thinking and get Robert. people just kind of like laughing and talking. And I think it's so good just to warm people up to it because again, they come in wondering what the heck this faith thing's about. And um, unfortunately, Catholics give off the aura of being bored and um, not caring about anything and just kind of lifeless, dead zombies. But that's that's not at all what it is about. So there's many different ways to do it, um, but it's you can you start it at the core, which is all available online, and you build off of there. So um, thank you, Joseph. Uh, listeners, go right now to MassImpact.us, and you'll see there's the embedded video clip, this week's Live It episode, and you're going to see the amazing Robert Kelly. Woo! And many of these young people, actually all of you guys, I think, are probably in it, if not in the background. Okay, John Paul got cut in the final <laughs> edit. But you're going to see these guys. We and uh, what do we do with these livid videos? We try to show, take one key idea from the upcoming gospel, upcoming Sunday's readings, usually the gospel, kind of try to make it fun and, you know, challenge. Have a question there that kind of challenges us. And uh, Joseph, because he has laryngitis, oh, laryngitis. Well, I, I quit anyways. Robert Kelly did such a good job. He did amazing. So, so I put Robert literally on the spot. And so you really get authentic. This was not scripted. This was, you know, we unwound these kids and edited it down. And uh, just as an example, and my phone is uh, people texting us with fun so things. Popular. There you go, Steph. Um, so that is all really awesome. And I want to say, tell you about Awesome Edna. So Awesome Edna. Awesome Edna is on one of our, our, our parish teams. So as Mass Impact, we help parishes come alive by the pastor and a core team living it and spreading throughout the entire parish that there's this deepening of discipleship that is the basis of multiplying disciples and you can call us and ask us more about that but we're very excited about and it's a challenge 
I mean, it's easy to, if you will, live my faith by myself, even though you need a partner. It is difficult to do it in community. But when we do it and we persevere through our stuff, through our junk or whatever, God comes alive in that perseverance that we stick with it. Um, and, and we're seeing it happen. We're seeing it, uh, you know, have a positive impact on parishes. So contact us about that. But awesome, Edna. She's uh, um, a single parent family and uh, just pours her heart out for her family and her children and isn't able to be with them. Obviously, stay-at-home mom because single parent. And after doing these, just the questions as Joseph explained, these um, daily questions, a few weeks into our gathering as a team, she said, you know, it's been a culture changer for us. And if you will, all that she's done is really over supper, open the door to ask these questions. Um, you know, what's a victory? What's a challenge? What's an affirmation? And as Joseph said, really think of like each person is like a gift wrapped Christmas. And often we're just passing by them without unwrapping them. What are those questions of those people in our life that might, you know, um, tap something alive within them? So I have another question, if I may. As the school year is approaching, so we have a beautiful young college. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Lady, woman, <laughs> young lady. Um, and the, the rest of our crew here, high school, as you're looking. Homeschool. Doesn't count. Oh, I think it does. Um, into re-entering the, the school year, the hallways, the classrooms, the family life. Um, um, what words of wisdom? Like, what are some? Because sometimes if you name the challenge going into it, you're more prepared. Or what words of wisdom would you have for those who really want to live it but don't feel supported or are afraid to? Or, okay, that was nice for summertime and I had this, you know, these great experiences, but now this is the real world. That's great for them. I'm throwing a lot at you, so you can take whatever of it you would like. But what are, I just think that's important to um, acknowledge some of the challenges. And also, you guys have great hearts, and the Lord is using you profoundly. So what are some words of wisdom that you would like to impart upon the young people of the 2016-2017 school year? Okay, this is going to be sort of short and sweet, but... um, Bring it on, Mike. Find a group of people that you can rely on and that are good Christians slash Catholics. And um, also, and if there aren't, then be a light in the dark. Don't be discouraged. Awesome. The word, their word witness has come up, and that it's profound. I don't think we really realize the power of that light that so many people are looking for and the difference it can make. For Thank I you. was going to say something kind of similar. I, uh, for me, this past year has just been really helpful. I've had Michael Tice in my class for like shout out. six out of... I let's all take a him, moment for Michael I was going to give him Tice. a shout out, so Robert <laughs> just stole it from me. So th- there's a shout out to MT. Um, but and dear Benjamin Tice, come on! Oh yeah, yeah. Ben- and Mia Tice, and, and Mia. oh and Maria, oh, and, Dale. And, and Dale, and Matt. Matthew. Okay, the Tice family, we love you. Yes, we love you. So I was fortunate enough to have him in like a majority of my classes, and just having someone that's solid in their faith and that's on the same path as you is just so helpful because, like, no matter what school you go to or whatever environment, there's gonna be like. Unless you're homeschooled, there's, <laughs> there's, it's not gonna be the environment that's ideal. Like mm-hmm. I go to St. John's, and that just because it has a Catholic name doesn't mean it's a bunch of practicing Catholic people. So having Michael has just been very helpful because 
there's going to be topics that come up, especially with, at an all-guys school. There's not not much filters. So <laughs> it, there's going to be topics that come up, and there's going to be ways that you can bring light to them. And it's hard to do that alone because it's just much more difficult and much more embarrassing, if you want to say it that way. But mm-hmm. having someone that will stand behind you and stand with you is a very good way to feel more comfortable to reach out to people. Um, I think uh, for me, because I don't, <laughs> um, I obviously don't go to like a real school. Just kidding. I mean, I do. <laughs> not, like a, not like a brick and mortar school. So, I mean, I have to deal with punks like John Paul all the time. But I mean, you get used That's to it. bad, man. I know. Um, but uh, I do do a lot at one of the local do, do. girls school. I know. Um, Notre Dame Academy. So I've done plays and musicals there. And that has honestly just been a super awesome opportunity for me. One, um, just to kind of get out there and um, just it's fun to do plays and musicals and stuff. But two, to um, allow God to use me. Um, I've had so many different conversations uh, with people about faith. Um, but it hasn't just, you know, it's not just about bringing it up. And my, I guess my advice would be um, if you really want to reach people, if you want to... Uh, live um, your faith and see it lived by others, uh, just live it. I mean, live it. Lit, get it, huh? Um, but no, just to... Just, I wasn't even thinking. Um, just, like, be warm. Let people experience the light that's in your heart. It doesn't even have to be always bringing up faith things or bringing up Jesus or whatever, but if people... It, it was amazing how many people, um, even without me saying it much, just immediately assumed I was into my faith just because of the words I did and didn't use or um, just the way I acted and stuff and that um, al- allowed for conversation to happen later. It allowed for uh, doors to be open that might not have been. So just live out your faith. Uh, be warm. Be open. Be friendly. Just let people see that light that's in your heart and joy. great things are going to come from it. And then when the conversation arises... Just be honest and bold with them. Don't be afraid to share the truth, to share the gospel. Just do it with love. Sarah, you were going to... Before Sarah, Twitter size encouragement came in, not in Twitter package, but a text message from the wonderful Father Dave Nuss. We love you, Father Dave. Father Dave. Saying another awesome show. Ours is a future full of hope. Amen. Can you hear him say it? So uh, anybody listening out there, by all of our priests, we're so blessed by our bishop and you priests who encourage us and give us the body and blood of Christ. But just that you took the time to send us that, Father. Thank you. Anyway, Sarah. Sarah. Um, Just to speak really quickly um, to my public school gentlemen and ladies um it is really hard to go into a public school sometimes with having an on fire summer or whatever your experience was over the summer or christian life bringing it into the school life um just because there are so many different people in public school there's so much diversity and i feel like a lot of times we try to tiptoe around people and that's where we need to come out of our comfort zone and proclaim fearlessly um because situations do come up when people see you like oh like you're like the cute little christian girl or like the nice like christian boy like that who sits in the corner is really nice and polite but like you like if situations come up where like you're challenged in your faith or what you believe like you need to step up and you need Mm -hmm. to be there um to back up christ because you know he's He's always backing up you that's right (laughs) go ahead mike you want to say something else also um if you are um like evangelizing or speaking for christ 
and the people around you turn you down, so what? It doesn't matter what the people of this world think of you. We should be striving mm. for Jesus Christ mm. and not for the awesome. people of earth. If I so. can add one thing real quick. Um, I just... Wait, wait. Go, someone else go ahead. Go, go with go it. Ahead. Um, sorry. Um, no, just it's amazing how uh, during Notre Dame when I was there and just seeing when we gave an opportunity for people of faith to come together and pray, it was incredible how many were surprised. Like so many people were surprised by how many people showed up, like people they knew, people they were friends with. They didn't realize that so many people were united in their faith. So all it takes a lot of times mm-hmm. is just to be bold and you see people who just needed one person to step out and they can all unite around that and um, it's an opportunity to do that. Anyway. And just one more thing. Joseph touched on it a bit in his first little spiel, but um, just having a joy about you is so important mm-hmm. because joy is an, an attractive trait and people want to be friends with you and Whatnot. So, and the closer you are to people, the closer friends you you are, the more they're gonna respect your opinion. So when a confrontational issue comes up, they're gonna actually listen to what you have to say instead of just dismissing it right away. And that joy gives witness to authenticity, right? That's what you're saying too, folks. If you want to experience this, this sense of grace that you're hearing from these young people. Uh, an encounter with Christ alive in community, not just for a moment, but who desires us to live in this light. Join us, certainly everywhere, your parish, your family, make it happen. Take that time to talk and pray. Yes, yes, yes. But join us on August 13th, the Ignite Catholic Family Festival, ignitefamily.eventbrite.com. Join us for it as a great uh, journey that we're going to experience together. And uh, easy evangelization, invite others to join you. Let's take territory. Let's not just be, you know, passive or even active for ourselves, but invite others to experience this day and and see the power that's going to happen. A year, five years, ten years down the road, they're going to say, thank you so much. You changed my life. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. You are Lord. We entrust our minds and our hearts, our families, our relationships completely to you, God. Breathe your life through us, God, to this generation. Draw them deeper into your love. In your holy name we pray, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.